But such is the whim of a capricious fate, that we have been chosen to find Galactus, even before the God of Thunder. Let the great hull part. Let the visosphere be thrust into space. For Galactus would study the cosmos about him. I have passed this way before, for naught remains, save silent desolation. And yet, I sense a subtle wave of thought, a dim but probing aura of vast intelligence. I must learn more. What Galactus knows, he can destroy. Only within the vast unknown does danger dwell. At the galaxy's perimeter, a dark shape forms. It fires bolts of force. It seeks to slay me. Never have my eyes beheld such insolence. So great, so abysmal. I know not who my foe be but he must swiftly be brought to task. None have cause to attack Galactus. Galactus bears mouths to no living being. I only slay that I may survive. Like all who live, I must have food. I must not starve. Am I to be faulted for the appetite I bear? The big and the small eat what we must. As for Galactus, not but a world can assuage his gnawing hunger. But wait, what wonderment now looms ahead? Ego, the long-hidden living planet. Welcome to Artifacts of Infinity, where we dive into the infinite abyss of Marvel's cosmic universe. I'm Jonathan Hudson. And I'm Everett Christensen. This is episode 13, and I am so happy to be getting back to Thor with 160 through 162, marking Thor's first encounter with Galactus. Last time we were doing Thor coverage, Galactus buzzed by Thor on his way to the Dark Galaxy after an encounter with Ego, the Living Planet. Now we actually get to see the confrontation. This coverage is particularly relevant to the Thor ongoing presently, where the God of Thunder has become the Herald of Galactus. We'll talk a bit more about how these issues are relevant, but the next time we do Thor coverage, it will be much more in-depth. Without further ado, Thor 160. And now, Galactus! Written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inking by Vince Coletta, lettering by Sam Rosen, edited by Stan Lee, and the cover by Jack Kirby. This one is a fairly average cover. Thor stands spinning his hammer with an arm outstretched towards the reader, and Galactus' head occupies the lower quarter of the image. The real winner here is the cosmic backgrounds of Kirby. That busy starscape is a welcome return. So we open with a splash page of Thor whirling his hammer in a pose just like the cover. The text boxes promise us Recorder, Ego, The Colonizers, and many more surprises. Thor mentions that something has landed in New York from space. I have to say, though, that after covering Neil Adams' splash pages, this one is kind of lacking in impact. Thor suspects it of being a spaceship, and when he lands, it is eerily familiar to him. He hears soft, fragile footsteps from behind him and turns to see Tana Nile, colonizer from Rigel. 
She's not here to conquer, however. Instead, there is grave danger to Rigel and the entire cosmos, and she needs Thor's help. Never hath Thor turned his back upon those in need. But if this be some sordid scheme wherein to trick the son of Odin, take warning, wench. But no, the threat is very real. So real, in fact, that we cut to Recorder entreating with Odin himself. Sif comes in and asks Odin for leave to join Thor on his battle, but Odin forbids her to join the conflict. Recorder's run out of time and takes off, not even telling Sif what they're up against. So terrible is the deadly threat at hand. For how can speech alone convey the dire menace of he who is called Galactus? Now, the next full page uh, image is like absolutely astounding. We have recorders streaking towards the reader against the comic. It looks very heroic and carries a really great gravitas. Kirby is absolutely shining in these pages. Odin looks incredible. You know, like all of the backgrounds are very rich and lush here. Um, we return then to Thor and Tana Nile, where they chat about the nature of Galactus. The reader is reminded once again that it's not about good and evil, but simply that he hungers and must feed on living worlds. In the middle of this conversation, there's an explosion. A giant Taurian smashes its way into the ship. Taurians are apparently survivors of a world eaten by Galactus, and it's looking to commandeer the vessel. Thor mixes it up in melee to no immediate avail, giving Tonanile a chance to mind-blast the Taurian, to similarly no effect. Thor gets up and lets the alien really have it with a flurry of blows. The combat wraps up when Thor removes the Taurian's helmet and the alien asks for mercy. He was apparently being controlled by Galactus. It's at that moment that the trio enter the Zone of Desolation, a field of seemingly unending space debris. Scattered remnants of living worlds brought low by the hunger of Galactus. And there, beyond the sight of absolute carnage, a flotilla of survival ships seeking sanctuary. Thor is appalled and seeks vengeance for these atrocities. But such is the whim of a capricious fate, that we have been chosen to find Galactus, even before the God of Thunder reads the caption over an absolutely delightful quartet of panels. We see a hazy outline growing towards us that reveals itself to be Galactus' ship. These panels create an ominous sense of foreboding as the vessels advance towards us. Now, the next full-page image, I'd accuse Galactus of chewing scenery to nothingness, as it's just his head, with the helmet easily engulfing the space. This is the uh, quote from the opening, uh, and his expression is actually what really got me here. He looks upset. The tilt of his glowing eyes is even sad. He's seeking something. Something unknown out here in the vast cosmos, and indeed at the galaxy's perimeter, something then fires force bolts on him. So Galactus is incensed. He bears no living being malice, he's just doing what he does to survive, and worlds are the only thing that can assuage his hunger. He crawls into a strange cube ship and sallies forth to meet Ego, the long-hidden living planet. Meanwhile, Thor has made it to Rigel and is chatting with the Grand Commissioner in Tana Nile. Physical descriptions for both of those can be found in episode 8. 
The shield that hides Rigel from Galactus's gaze is weakening, and they have little time. They dare not wait till they are found, so Thor girds himself to engage in combat with Galactus. However, he need not do it alone. He'll have an ally. Is it Sif? It's Recorder! He and Thor share a joyous reunion, even though Recorder is devoid of human emotion. Thor's words bring warmth to his microcircuits. There's no time to dilly-dally, though. Galactus awaits. There is a cosmic hot rod for the boys to find Galactus. Cosmic hot rod, Ferda! And they launch off against a grain of thousands of survivor ships, fleeing through the cosmos. One ship in the flotilla sees the hot rod speeding through the spaceways and begins to follow. It's the very first of Galactus's victims. For untold ages, their race has wandered through space seeking revenge. They democratically vote to follow Recorder and Thor. All the pieces start falling into place as Galactus and Ego draw close and begin their titanic confrontation. Both of these cosmic combatants strike colossal blows. Galactus fires with the heat of a thousand suns. Ego counters with a solid cold ring and counterattacks with enough force to shatter the planetoids around him. The stress alone is enough to shatter the space hot rod and leaves our heroes drifting in the vacuum. Until we come to Thor 161. Shall a God Prevail? Written by Stan Lee, pencils by Jack Kirby, inking by Vince Coletta, lettering by Sam Rosen, edited by Stan Lee, and a cover by Jack Kirby. And what a cover this is, y'all. Thor flies suspended between Ego and Galactus. Ego is in the background on the left-hand side with beams piercing forth from his eyes. Beams that twist Thor in pain while Galactus' giant face looms on the right-hand foreground. We open on Thor and Recorder still adrift in space. This turns into one of those incredibly distinctive clip art looking two-page spreads where strange devices drift in a cluttered skyscape. The ship that had followed the pair out here decides to pick them up and nurse them back to health. They've been wandering too long and it's time to stick with these new guys. Meanwhile, the desperate battle between Ego and Galactus continues unabated. Ego strikes with the power of an entire world, but Galactus is unmatched in the universe. Galactus sets up an apocalyptic meteor swarm and tosses it at Ego, only to be captured by Ego's space-spanning pseudopods. Back at the medical chamber of the Wanderers, Thor and Recorder awaken. The Wanderers want to help Thor and to avenge those lost to antiquity against Galactus. Despite Thor's insistence that they won't be helpful, the ship has gotten too close to the cataclysmic confrontation and they are taking damage. We get a great scene where Thor and Recorder climb out and prepare to fight Galactus, who is taking Ego to task, just pummeling him with comments. Observation. The tide has turned. Triumph is within Galactus' reach. I say thee nay. Stand back. Whilst Thor prepares to act, whilst a universe doth lie at stake, the God of Thunder shall not fail. Karma circuits activated for maximum recording. All that transpires shall be impressed upon my electronic brain. But son of Odin, have a care. Let me not record your death. And with that, Thor lets fly his mystical Uru hammer, and the heavens themselves begin to shudder from the awesome impact. Galactus is stunned, and moreover, 
feels fear and pain for the first time in countless centuries. Galactus is still standing, though, so Thor flies over himself to grapple with the cosmic giant. It seems all the power of godhood avails him not, and when Thor is flung away by power absolute, the planet of Ego rises up to catch him. The Wanderers are here now. Thor is battered but unbeaten because he still has Mjolnir. And indeed, Thor rigs up some kind of shrine to the hammer and releases the totality of its Asgardian energy, bludgeoning Galactus with force waves and sending the cosmic Colossus back to his ship. This just leaves everyone trapped on Ego. But no sooner have people begun to complain about the lack of food or soil, Ego just transforms his own surface and makes a simulacrum of himself to let the Wanderers know that they can have a sanctuary here till the end of time. Wrapping up, Thor 162, Galactus is Born. Written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inking by Vince Coletta, lettering by Sam Rosen, edited by Stan Lee, and covered by Jack Kirby. This cover is an interesting one. We have Thor, the Warriors 3, Baldur, and a couple of other recognizable Asgardians all staring at Galactus through a portal. It's unclear from the cover if this is a screen or if Galactus is actually there, though the story itself does make it clear. We open with a splash page of Thor and Recorder plunged into the darkness of space. The heavy blacks of Vince Coletta's inks really do a ton of heavy lifting here. The deed is done, so the pair returns home. Immediately on the next page, you have what the caption box calls a double-page Kirby spacerama. It's that in incredibly unique look. This is the stuff that comics are made of. So the pair finally return to Rigel, and the first thing that the High Commissioner wants to do is remove Recorder's memory bank. Thor rejects that the Rigelians have the right to do this, and he defends his friend, saying, Thou didst but shape his form. Then didst implant a heart, even as human surgeons do on the far-off planet Earth. But who can say whence comes the breath of life? And surely as night doth follow day, him who is called Recorder doth feel, doth love, and therefore doth possess that which men call soul. Recorder definitely has soul. Yeah, yeah, he's great here. Hearing that, Tana Nile assures Thor that Recorder shall live and gives the god of thunder a big ol' kiss on the cheek and proclaims him the noblest of all. Taking his consolation prize, he leaves, teleporting back to Asgard. There, Thor reunites with the Warriors Three and Heimdall. Apparently, Odin has been waiting for his son to return home. The Warriors pick up right away that something is wrong as Thor rushes to the Astro Chamber. In the Astro Chamber, we're introduced to Torger. Torger or Torger? Mm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> He's been observing Galactus. For so long as Galactus lives, the danger has not passed. Odin then enters in truly regal fashion, heralded by trumpets and cries to the living omnipotence. It's a breathtaking full-page image. Odin looks regal, warlike, and most importantly, very, very Odin directs their attention to the screen where Galactus is shattering inhabited planets and feeding on the energy their ravaged husks provide. 
But Odin is seeking for answers in the past, so he turns the screen to the place where Galactus first struck, a burnt-out husk. Thor comments that it hath the seeming of Ragnarok itself. We are treated to an incredible ruined city, so advanced, so magnificent, that not even Galactus has been able to eliminate the very last vestige. Odin is curious as to why and looks deeper. It was an age of space wars, mighty galaxies battling to the death. But when these people were at the apex of their ascendancy, a mysterious incubation cell floated into their gravity well. These planets' inhabitants, already lost to the ravages of slavery and war, took a gamble upon releasing Galactus from his cube. He did certainly destroy the opposition space fleet, but then promptly turned around and husked the planet for its delicious, delicious Kirby juices. It seems the mystery of Galactus is still afoot, but one thing is for certain. The conflict between Galactus and Asgard is far from over. Dun, dun, dun! You know, I really loved these issues. Uh, I gotta say, Kirby and Stan Lee have this really great way of getting the scale down for these huge cosmic stories. And the other thing that I really like is there's a lot of show and not tell. Even with all of the extra, like, flowery prose, they still communicate so much through the visual storytelling here. Yeah, you can tell that they're each very good at relying on each other to to carry the weight of the story and it's definitely to the benefit of the story yeah i also this is like one of those first times where they they have these like you know larger than life titanic cosmic concepts running around you know they're they're more than just an empire or a planet Ego and Galactus are, are really these larger-than-reality things. And to to have them just, like, smashing together, like, two toys that kids are playing with is actually, like, I got really excited. I got really excited uh, reading these. I never imagined that Galactus would beat someone up by just summoning a meteor swarm, but hey, it makes sense. The other thing I really like is we're starting to really see these concepts flesh out a lot more from earlier beginnings. Things like the Wanderers, who I really loved seeing them show up. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I mean, of course they form a democratic society. They're all a bunch of misplaced, you know, remnants of various societies. They're going to work together to try to make them all survive. Um, it, what, it, what it made me think of is just recently I was also reading the Slot Allred Silver Surfer, and it made me think of uh, Euphoria there, where all the survivors of Galactus uh, attacks were all gathered together uh, and, and making their own community. That's what these guys, this is a really, really early uh, progenitor. Yeah, I mean, like... It it read it read to me at least that like this flotilla that we see here 
like goes on to make Euphoria. Like it seems like a pretty th- th- that's where they were, and like in the modern era, that's where they are now. It makes you wonder if that's what Slot and Alred were intending, because it it really does fit very well that way. I love that we get this where it's like the black and white, almost realistic looking art with the very comic book hypersaturated color overlay of the characters. Yeah, that like clip art style, it actually sells it like really hard when they're trying to nail something home like we also got another one of those uh images for living planet uh, when galactus finally finds ego yeah yeah there it's absolutely outstanding uh work by kirby and i gotta say vince coletta on these inks the extremely heavy blacks just serve to so hard hammer home these breathtaking cosmic scale stuff. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. I also, it's unbelievable how well they are able to take normal comic book panel sized artwork and really just do a fantastic job making it feel like you're seeing something happening that's just huge out in space. Yeah, the uh, the sense of scale and even a sense of time are very exaggerated. Um, and also even when like dealing with the Asgardians, when things are like a little smaller and a little more indoors, they still manage to have Odin come off as like ancient and all-knowing and you know all of that like they they manage the art team manages to bring out this incredible air uh in everything in these these comics i i just had a had a blast with these even if it's like not much happens when we're talking about it in recap it's because there's so much more action and so much less like jumping very quickly from one piece of the story to another yeah i definitely agree there and also i mean like there's a lot of groundwork that is gonna get picked up in the current thor run which is is just incredible and breathtaking to be reading this concurrent with that run because here you have you know, early, early Thor and Odin interacting with Galactus and seeing how they interact and how they butt heads and and how they have to face each other and deal with each other and that they are on a level with each other to some degree or another. It really sells that current story going on a lot more, and we'll get into that even more as we care. Yeah, and the fact that, uh, like, back in this era, Odin was concerned about Galactus finding Asgard and eating it, right? So in the new stuff, when Galactus falls in on Asgard and Thor is like, Galactus, what the heck are you doing here? It's like, oh, yeah, no, like, this is a a fear that the Asgardians have had from... Back in 1971, 72, right? Like, it's 
it is a a culmination of a story that we're seeing now that is taking that shared storytelling aspect of these comics and is bringing forth plot points from back in the you know foundation of cosmic marvel into the modern and that's one of the reasons why i really enjoy what we're doing i think that the podcast is giving us a really great opportunity to explore these connections yeah definitely definitely agree with that if you want to read the issues we've covered today you can find them all collected in essential thor volume three marvel masterworks thor volume seven epic collections thor volume four and the Mighty Thor Omnibus Volume 3. You can also find them digitally on Marvel Unlimited or Comixology, or you can ask your local library. If you'd like to read more, there's a Galactus story that I'd like to point out. It's in Silver Surfer Volume 3 uh, in 81 and 82. It's very 90s, just warning you of that ahead of time, but... I love this story for some of the interactions that Galactus has with his responsibilities and the things that he has done. Uh, then Jonathan suggests, and I'll gonna be straightforward, I suggest too, Galacta, Daughter of Galactus, is really enjoyable, and you should read it. Uh, for more ego stuff, so... In Maximum Security, Ego the Living Planet is used more as a plot device and less as a person, but I've definitely already suggested the Ego as a Person stories. Uh, and then you might also want to check out Ultimates 2 Volume 2 uh, has some Ego appearances in it that are of particular note, and I think you should go read them. You can reach us with questions or comments online at Artifacts of I on Twitter and at Artifacts of Infinity at gmail.com. If sacred places are spared the ravages of war, then make all places sacred. And if the holy people are to be kept harmless from war, then make all peoples holy. This has been Artifacts of Infinity. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Everett. And this was edited by Everett Christensen. We will see you in the infinite cosmos.